0: It's been 20 years since the Blair Witch Project was released. The horror movie used shaky camera work and unknown actors to tell the story of three students who go missing while looking for the Blair Witch. It was the days before social media, and people really believed the students were missing, not just actors playing a role. The Blair Witch Project was set in Burkittsville, and when it was first released, the Frederick County Sheriff's Office and the Frederick News Post fielded calls from concerned people worried about the supposedly missing students. In honor of the 20th anniversary, features reporter Crystal Shelley and I ventured out to Burkittsville to see if we could find a witch. All right, Crystal, so I have to admit, I've never seen the Blair Witch Project.
1: So can you just kind of give us a quick overview of what the Blair Witch is? Well, I haven't probably seen it since it came out, but basically it was about three documentary um, filmmakers who went on uh, into the woods to look for this um, fictional character called Blair Witch and got lost. And the whole, it's like a pseudo documentary. So basically, it's about what happened to them. And um, so you look through what, you know, that movie coined the phrase found footage. And basically through the uh... documentarians out in the woods that's what that's what incorporates the storyline all right so we are currently sitting in a cemetery in burkittsville yes
0: um, so can you tell us a little bit as this part of the blair witch project
1: yeah, um... i sat out here with ed uh... San- sanchez a couple of weeks ago and he and i asked the same question because even i had seen it you know I wasn't familiar with the show. he said there's only a few things here at the burkittsville cemetery like um, Uh, in the one section because there's a beautiful mountains in the background you can see that there's also um, the sign that's near the cemetery Um, so there's only a few actual um, scenes here in Burkittsville. All right so the woods where are the actual woods? Um, They are actually at the um, was it Seneca Creek um, a forest in Gaithersburg. Um, from what I understand, so they did a lot of there. There are other places like in Adamstown um, and a few other spots Um Mac Belazi, he runs this uh, tour group called the Blair Witch Experience, and he takes people through that. He only does it once a year, and it's already he already did it the weekend that they had the um, premiere here at the Weinberg, which was October 18th. So he had it on the 19th and 20th, so it probably won't be until next year, but people can come and actually ride around for like a day and a half and see all the little spots. All right, perfect. So why Burkittsville? He said um, that basically it's because when you drive up here, it's such a beautiful town. And you see, like, the, the mountains in the background. Um, it's a tiny town. Um, and Ed had said that um, they just fell in love with the beauty of, of Burkittsville. And it's really, it's a very small town. If one's ever been here, it's basically like one Main Street. Um, it's more residential than anything. I think there's a post office. There's a couple churches here. Um, and it kind of just was a backdraft. Uh, uh, back, you know, like background rather for the actual um, film. He had said too um, he kind of regrets doing that.
0: Yeah, so I saw that in your article that you wrote, which was published in Thursday's edition of, the, of 72 Hours, um, that he kind of felt bad for some of the uh, effects on Burkittsville.
1: Well, there was no way they could have predicted that. I mean, that became an like an overnight. When it got bought at Sundance in that January, when it was, July, when it was released by July, they had did this whole um, marketing ploy campaign, which is, my sister had a t-shirt, and it had a missing, it showed the, the actors and said, we're missing, called Frederick County Sheriff's Department. People actually believed that because that was the early days of the internet. You couldn't really find anything. Social media didn't exist. So what it actually did was, unbeknownst to them, started a frenzy of people searching for them. And because Burkittsville was attached to it, and they didn't say where the woods were, per se, um, they had a lot of people come here and just, like, you know, one of the examples in the story was that they stole the sign, the Burkittsville sign. And Artisan Entertainment, who purchased the um, the film at January in Sundance, they had to pay for it to, to put it back up. I thought that was a nice gesture, at least. <laughs> um, but, yeah, people... It's like they don't have any respect for mm-hmm. other people. They think that, you know, they were knocking on people's doors. They were having seances in the c- cemetery. Um, people were, c- and then there was people that were making a buck out of it. They were collecting sticks and putting it, people knew the witch, the stick witch. They would, they would collect them, make them, and then like go over here to the Burkittsville Post Office, because it's stamped with it, would ship it out and would make thousands of dollars. I mean, it's
0: crazy. I mean, we were just, it was funny when we first started, someone come from the cemetery did come through. And I guess, you know, they have to be kind of worried about their cemetery, especially right now with right. the 20th anniversary.
1: And Well, he said that, you know, we, we asked him um, if there had been anybody here, you know, nosing around. He said it was really quiet, except for the Blair Witch Experience, which they've become really good friends with, Burkittsville, because they respect the area and they don't... Um, encroach on on the people who live here
0: and from the um the cemetery I believe that blue sign over there is
1: one of the Burkittsville signs yes that that is one there are a couple but that I do believe that's the one they had to replace because it was a wooden sign originally and is seen in the movie but now it's a metal sign so it's going to take a lot to get that down
0: and there's a couple that you can see when you drive through Burkittsville Mm -hmm, that say Burkittsville so you mentioned so there's the signs that say Burkittsville Mm -hmm. in the movie the cemetery has some
1: shots and Mm -hmm. then does the Burkittsville Post Office also appear? I don't believe that it does. I think people just go there because if you ship something out, it's going to say Burkittsville, Maryland on the, the the postal code stamp. Um, but no, it, it's just really here. Just a few, it's not that even that much in the, in the film, but because Burkittsville is mentioned several times, in the movie people got attached to that pretty quickly. I mean it's kind
0: of a cool thing for Burkittsville a little bit I mean maybe you don't want to be necessarily attached to a horror movie as your first thing but like right. for a small town in Frederick County like it's kind of cool that there is some bigger attention to it because of a movie.
1: Yeah I feel bad because if they were just like probably twice the size they could have really been able to cash in a little bit more but they don't really have the in- infrastructure to handle a lot of people just showing up
0: yeah, and it's. I think it's kind of funny the whole missing posters. They called the Frederick yes. County Sheriff's Office. I- like
1: people like seriously thought that those kids were missing.
0: And I think we saw that, and that they called the Frederick News Post too to be like, "Hey, like, why yeah. aren't you looking for these kids?" Yeah,
1: exactly. So it, it, it was funny because it's like there was, and I talked to Ed about that. Like, there is no way that that could exist today. I mean, people would have found out, you know, where they went to school and all this other stuff. Fun fact: I did not include in the article was that. Um, They had to make fake bios, all the actors. And um, so uh, Mike, Mike Williams, had actually made this fake bio because he's about like how he went to Montgomery College and how he was going to go in the majors and all this other stuff. Well, the New York Times actually ran that as his real information for his bio. And it was all fake, all of it.
0: I mean, that's pretty brilliant. I mean, of these two, the two directors, Mm -hmm. um, just to come up with this whole idea of like, let's really make people believe this. Well, and I think,
1: and it's a more innocent time. Like, you don't think of the, like, the mid-90s as being that. But compared to, like, everything is 24-7 now um every you know we know what people eat for lunch breakfast who've been out with where they were last night everything so the fact that they were the marketing campaign i think is the most genius of all of it because they did that they they, they actually had they set up a fake well they, it was a real website but they set up a website to like tease people mm-hmm. you could get a newsletter to tease you about the movie so um it was really fascinating to see the frenzy that went into that and then like and then and the, the thing about Blair Witch is that it really divided people. Either they loved it or hated it. Well,
0: like, that, that whole shaky camera, I think, was the yes. whole,
1: that kind of, that,
0: which we've never really seen since.
1: Well, yeah, uh, Homicide Life on the Streets had a little bit of that, too, when they would do certain scenes. But, yeah, the whole shaky scene, it's because it makes you a nauseous, I mm-hmm. think. But um, that whole thing, the, um, the way that it was just filmed and cut together, um, it took uh, Ed Sanchez and... Um, uh daniel uh, Marrick about 18 months just to edit which is kind of unheard of but they needed to have a certain time to be okay to be allowed to be in sundance so that's why they, they had to meet that you know tight like really edit it down to where they needed it to Well,
0: and it's kind of cool too just like the i was reading your story about how they just kind of said here you go actors here's your 35 page guideline of a script yes. now make this movie which is kind of unheard of too like yeah
1: and then Mike Williams said, you know, it was really hard after that because they had to convince people, like, no, we were actually improving mm-hmm. and acting. That was, and They're like, oh, no, I believed you were scared. It was like, yeah, because I'm a good actor. You know, so I think that was one of the things that, um, for the actors especially, to convince people that what they were doing on screen was a total, um, an acting, you know... M- exercise in acting i should say and uh so i think that's really interesting too that people still believe that it would like i'm like who would like let people go off i mean we have scared and alone and all those other shows down any which to me is like a version of blair witch except you know they're actually getting a big payday at the end but with um with that it's like who would think that like someone just drops a bunch of kids off in the middle of woods they've never been in and be like okay we'll see you in a couple days
0: but i think what you talked about that how this would never be able to happen now people would know where they were right instagram but i just think of like my mom if she's like oh can't find you let me me just check your location on your phone like that wouldn't last very long she'd be like why are you in some woods (laughs) um I do like to say that I have talked to my parents about this when I said you know I worked at Frederick County I was like oh yeah like the Blair Witch like that's kind of here um I have not seen the Blair Witch so I you know my whole year and a half here I can say that I have not (laughs) had any sightings yet um maybe because it was they were looking in Gaithersburg and not Frederick right (laughs) um but so anything else that you think we should know
1: about um, well, I think that one of the things that people still have to be told over and over that the Blair Witch is a total myth. They actually made that all up that there's no Blair Witch actually here. Now, someone mentioned that there's a white woman in Blair's Valley Lake up in Clear Spring, Maryland, which is in Washington County. But they're like, well, why didn't you go there? Well, it's like they he, they didn't know that place. They knew Frederick County and that's why they were here.
0: And so it was Ed from. Frederick County originally?
1: He was born in Cuba. He grew up, uh, went to school in Miami, um, but he lives, lives in Urbana and raises his family there.
0: All right, so they've truly kind of found this place, yeah. Burkittsville, and said this is the place we want, which, I mean, when we were driving around, it is kind of the picturesque town. It, it, it does have that, like, kind of old feel to it, mm-hmm. but um, very quiet. I mean, even the cemetery, when we walked in, like, you comment, you can kind of see everything from the cemetery.
1: Yeah, and it's really beautiful if you, if you walk in and, and go up the hill, you can just see, like, you know, for miles in Virgil County, it's really pretty. So you sat here a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. with Ed Sanchez, one of the
0: directors, and you guys talked about the, uh, the movie and kind of its effects on Burkittsville. Right.
1: Uh-huh. I chose
2: Burkittsville because, literally because of that drive up, um, you know, you go over this hill and there's this picturesque, beautiful town. Um, with Mount, you know, the mountain behind it, the the wooded mountain behind it, and um, we were just like, wow, this is beautiful. And then it was, you know, it was founded in 1825, I think. So the timeline was perfect for us. So we were just like, you know, imagine if Burkittsville used to be called Blair, and then there was, you know, it was cursed. Everybody died in the town, and um, and they changed the name of the town, you know. Um, so uh, you know, so it was kind of a perfect town. And honestly, if we thought the movie was you know if we had any kind of inkling as far as the success of the movie and the hardships that it would have brought that it brought Burkittsville eventually or that it would have we would have changed the name and used like a fictitious town but we had no idea this movie was gonna do anything I mean we we were hoping for like a video deal or something the funds the funds for the movie were mostly um, uh, a lot of in-kind stuff a lot of people give us free stuff Um, and then for the hard costs um, a lot of credit cards um, and then we also got some money from a guy named John Pearson, who used to run a show called Split Screen on Bravo, and he paid us for two segments of the show about Blair Witch for his show. And he not only gave us like a lot of publicity with the show when it, when Blair Witch segments aired, but he also gave us money uh, for the segments, and that's what we used for the production. So that was mostly it was mostly his money. That actually made it possible, but uh, we had a, couple, a producer named Rob Carey who also raised some money, and, um, and but mostly it was just kind of like people that we knew, and uh, and you know, and putting a lot of stuff on credit cards and hoping you know for the best. The original vision was a documentary, because so it was going to be about these you know these students in the woods, and then we were going to cut away to like detectives and experts and family members talking about you know what happened to them, and then back to the footage. So um, we, that was pretty clear to us, but we had no idea what the wood stuff was gonna look like. Um, we kind of just gave the actors the cameras and we gave them like a little film school training. And then we kind of sent them off in the woods with pretty detailed directions, GPS coordinates as to where to go each day and then we would kind of leave them alone as much as possible and we would intersect them at certain points um, with uh, certain uh, directing notes that we would give them but mostly it was kind of hands-off we wanted it to feel real we wanted to feel like they were you know they wanted them to feel like they were really lost Um, so I mean we had faith in it we thought it was a good idea but it was a total experiment and I mean a lot of times you know we would go out there like at you know one in the morning to scare them to make noises and then they wake up and they'd videotape us, you know, running around the woods or whatever, making noises. Um, a lot of times coming back, you know, it's late at night and we haven't had much sleep and there's definitely a lot of doubts as far as like, what are we doing, you know? Um, and I, I remember one time walking back and I was saying, you know, this is either gonna be like, an amazing horror film or it's going to be like a total comedy. Like I just, people making fun of us because this is, you know, this is a ridiculous way to make a movie. How did Blair Witch change my life? I mean, it completely changed everything uh, about my life. Like I was um, completely broke um, before Blair Witch. Um, You know, I was completely unknown filmmaker. I didn't know, you know, what I was going to do. Like if, if I hadn't become a filmmaker, I'm not sure what I would have ended up doing. Probably editing and, you know, maybe, you know, continuing to work with the guys that I was working with, but I don't know where we would have been now. Um, it, it, it instantly made us filmmakers all of a sudden, which is kind of, which is really scary at the time because we realized like, you know, when you're, when you're a younger filmmaker and you're up and coming, um, especially back in those days before YouTube, you know, mostly just your friends and family are gonna see your movies, you know? Um, now you can put up on, on YouTube and more people can see it, but back then it was a very limited distribution pattern. Um, very dis- limited distribution opportunities. So we, um, you know, it immediately was like, okay, I mean, the first thing that came to my head was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to make another movie and people are gonna compare it to Blair Witch. And so it was kind of daunting and it was very, um, there was like mixed feelings about it. Like I loved being a filmmaker, but at the same time, there was a lot of pressure as far as like, okay, what are we gonna do next?
0: Now that we've unsuccessfully witch hunted, let's switch to food. Instead of a traditional food review, Food and education reporter Katrina Pereira reviewed exclusive meals that you can only find in Frederick County Public School cafeterias. Okay, Katrina, when was the last time you bought school lunch? I never bought school lunch in high school,
3: so probably in middle school, which was over 10 years ago. All
0: right, so we're kind of talking a little bit of a long time. Yes. So do you think you have the taste buds to it? you know, actually be able to judge how good the food is in Frederick County? I mean, if I can judge other food, why can't I judge school lunches? (laughs) All right. So let's, you know, start off by just telling us a little bit about why you came up with this idea and what you did.
3: So it actually was not my idea. It was one of our other reporters. We were talking about National School Lunch Week, which was last week. And he was like, oh, you should try the school lunches. And I was like, that's a fantastic idea. I should do that. So that's kind of why th- where the idea
0: came from. All right. So what did you get to sample?
3: So I tried lunch at every single level. So elementary, middle, high. Um, at ele- at the elementary level, I went to Waverly Elementary. And that day they were having um, whole grain penne pasta with marinara sauce and chicken meatballs with a side of green beans and garlic bread. Um, But if kids didn't want that, they could have a corn dog, um, or they could have they have pizza every day, so they could have a slice of pizza, um, and they always have fresh fruit options. So
0: all right, already sounding a little bit fancier than what I remember from my days of elementary school. Yes. So you tried the penne pasta? I did. I tried every single thing at the elementary school,
3: um, and everything was pretty good. Um, You know, for a school lunch and based upon the standards that I had when I was in school, like remembering back to like, you know, the tin trays that I used to get in elementary school. I mean, these lunches are very much improved.
0: Well, that's good to hear. I mean, we've already established that you are a little picky when it comes to your Italian food. So <laughs> how did the school lunch Italian food hold up? It it was, it was pretty good, to be <laughs> honest. Um, I mean, pasta
3: is pasta, you know. Um, the marinara sauce just kind of tasted like maybe jarred marinara sauce. I mean, it was fine, you know. Um, and the chicken meatballs were surprisingly
0: juicy, plump. Um, they were good. All right. And when it comes to elementary school, I, I have vivid memories of the pizza that I never bought because I was picky about my pizza. And also yes. I would hear horror stories about it. <laughs> so how was the pizza? The
3: pizza really surprised me. Um, so what some of fun fact that I learned is that Every slice of pizza in FCPS has the equivalent of, God, I think it was a cup of cheese on each slice in order to meet a nutritional standard for every child. So this is like one of the cheesiest pizza slices I've ever had in my life. And it was like really nice mozzarella on there. And
0: I thought it was really good. All right. And how does it work for getting your food at the elementary school? Like, do you go up into a counter and order it? Do Yeah, a little so it's line? like your typical cafeteria
3: line and you have, um, you know, workers behind the bar and the, you kind of tell them what you want and they'll serve it for you.
0: All right. So you've established no mystery meat at the elementary school. Right. All <laughs> right. So congratulations. You've now graduated to middle school. Very <laughs> quickly. Um, how is the food at the middle school?
3: Um, so the food at the middle school is a little different than elementary it's a little more you know upgraded a little bit more mature Um, and what they had when I went I went to West Frederick Middle and that day they were serving what they call a walking taco Um, so it's essentially a Dorito bag uh, which is opened and like popped out and apparently Dorito makes these special bags for school so that it's easy to open and like kind of pile stuff on and the doritos are actually whole grain doritos which apparently you cannot find in the store they're specially made for school cafeterias Um, so you kind of pop open this dorito bag and then it's essentially like putting on your taco meat your you know your lettuce your tomatoes your onions your cheese kind of like a walking taco essentially
0: Well, that's pretty cool. I think we used to do that like at swim meets with Fritos. So Mm -hmm. kind of know what you're talking about. I'm very impressed with this whole grain theme that we've got going on at the schools because it's already so much healthier than what we grew up on. Definitely. Um, So you mentioned that you went to one elementary school and one middle school, but can I find this at every middle school and every elementary school? Yes, this is a menu item that's pretty um,
3: common across all schools in FCPS.
0: And so besides tacos, if I don't like tacos
3: in my... Out of luck for that day, or so no. Um, there's also your typical chicken patties, hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Um, there's also always like prepackaged salads, um, which I found really awesome because you know, some kids want to eat a salad, so why not give them that extra healthy option?
0: And, um, I remember when I was in middle school many, many years ago that, um, the fries were a big thing. Can you still get those like really limp, disgusting fries that you were craving? not that I saw.
3: Um, but at the high school level, there was, um, potato wedges. So, and nothing is fried anymore. Everything is baked. Um, even, you know, at the high school level, there was chicken poppers, um, which are like chicken nuggets, you know, but not fried, all baked. So.
0: All right. So we're getting on a healthier trend here, which is good for our students. Oh, absolutely. So since you've kind of hinted at it already, what could I get in high school? So high school is the fanciest of all.
3: Um, Every single high school in Frederick County has a taco bar. So it's essentially like Chipotle in your high school. And when I walked in, and I heard that. I was like, wow, I wish I had this when I was in high school. I would have been eating lunch at my high school every day. Um, But no, you, you know, you go up. It's, it just it looks almost exactly like a Chipotle. That's how it's laid out. Um, so you have your two options of rice. You have like a Mexican-style rice or you have a cilantro lime rice. And then you pick your meat. So you have chicken, ground beef, or shredded pork. Um, and then, you know, you pick your pinto beans or your black beans and then all the toppings that you could want, including guacamole and a fat-free sour cream.
0: And you probably don't have to pay extra for the guacamole.
3: No, you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's a flat fee. It's not weighted or anything. That's pretty impressive.
0: I definitely did not have a taco bar in high school. I know, right? And I think I probably, like you said, would have <laughs> maybe bought much more. So yeah. besides tacos, what else can students get? So
3: Urbana is a little unique in that they also have a running Asian bar. Um, not all high schools have that. Um, I spoke with Bob Kelly, who's uh, the manager of food and nutrition services at FCPS. And he said, you know, it really depends on the school. Um The Asian bar worked at Urbana, you know, it didn't at other high schools. So we really try and cater to what works for each demographic at the high school and what's kind of popular. So anyways, at Urbana, there's an Asian bar and that day they were having rice, um, two types of chicken. So they had General Tso's and they had a honey sriracha chicken and then steamed broccoli.
0: Okay, all I am hearing from these food reviews is that I need to go back to school because these (laughs) students are eating way better than I am absolutely (laughs) they definitely are all right so let's put your food reviewer hat on so you said they were pretty good what kind of ratings are we thinking for these school lunches so honestly i am planning
3: on giving it like a four out of five across the board um you know if you're looking for flavor You may not necessarily find it in every single option served in a school, but what really impressed me was how healthy these lunches are. Um, There's no added salt. There's no added sugar to anything. Like I said, everything is baked. Everything is whole grain. And I think during a time when childhood obesity is so rampant in this country, the fact that you can go to school and actually get a healthy nutritional lunch is pretty exceptional.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, I think one of our um, local health priorities is childhood uh, obesity. Um, So it's pretty impressive that the school was already thinking about that. Definitely. So just to tell us how you did this review, because usually you go to a restaurant, you're eating with a friend. (laughs) So did you sit at a table by yourself? Did you have students come join you? (laughs) I did not. Um, I
3: was in the back of the cafeteria standing up eating. so it was it was not my typical food review but um it was great all the staff are super friendly and you can tell that they really care about what they're serving the kids so all right perfect
0: well anything else you think we should know
3: no i would honestly just encourage parents to maybe let you know if you're opposed to school lunches and you go to frederick county public schools maybe let your kid try some of the lunches i think you'll be i think your your mind will be changed yeah
0: All right, perfect. Well, as always, you can read Katrina's review in Thursday's edition of 72 Hours. Katrina, thank you so much. Thank you. Frederick Uncut is produced by me, Heather Mangilio, and edited by Graham Cullen. We'll see you next week.